Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Secret Cabinet. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Secret Cabinet. Today, a short history of pornographic film. I'm Travis Dow, and I'm the humble translator of the original Das Geheime Kabinett from German, created by Der Budler. And there's an awesome new Secret Cabinet t-shirt. It turned out really cool by a graphic designer, and you can find that at podcastnick.com. There's an old saying that says, Five minutes after the invention of movies, also the porno movie was invented. I mean, you could say the same thing for all formats and media, art, any visual depiction of the naked human form and things which one could do with that. In fact, the idea is as old as humanity itself. But it's no surprise that the very first human figurines from the old Stone Age more or less represent women, like the Venus of Willendorf, that's about 25,000 years old, or the Venus von Hohefels, very famous, around 35,000 to 40,000 years old, with very emphasized primary gender-defining organs. In the Meander cave in Franken, Germany, not too long ago, they found what already kind of looked like human anatomy, in the rock formations of stalagmites and stalactites. But again, here was discovered carvings from the Stone Age with clear depictions that were dated to around 14,000 years ago. But still, they're not exactly pornography. And in fact, the term pornography didn't exist until the 19th century. In antiquity, the Greeks used the word pornographos, from, and from the Greek word porne, from prostitute, and graphene, to write. And an author of a biography of a famous heteran or painter of heteran portraits. But in antiquity, it didn't bother anybody at all, really, to, to have what would today perhaps be seen as obscene depictions in public places, private rooms. There were depictions of sexual organs or even intercourse, and it wasn't a seldom thing. On the contrary, having a depiction of a phallus around your neck was thought to be lucky. The god Priapos, also depicted with above-average endowments, was placed on public places to easier bring him sacrifices. Women depicted as having intercourse with goats was considered humorous. 
Not until the prude 19th century did one need a specific term for the obscenely viewed murals and wall paintings in the freshly excavated Pompeii, and so the word pornography was coined. And so it happened to be none other than an archaeologist, Karl Ottfried Müller, who coined the term in 1830. So it wasn't exactly five minutes, but really just one year after the first public showing of a movie from Sklandowski, brothers in Berlin and a brother Lumière in Paris created the first erotic film strip produced by Eugene Pirot and directed by Albert Kirchner. The movie, filmed in 1896 with the title La Couche de la Marie, depicted a certain Louise, Willie, as she undressed. That's at least the part that we know. Unfortunately, only the first two minutes survive, so what happens in the next five minutes, no one actually knows. Presumably not a lot, though. When one compares it to the other known erotic films of the time, that are all only a few seconds to a couple minutes long, then also animated film, joined the fray in uh, young women undressing. The oldest film that was conserved in its entirety is Après le Bal, After the Ball, filmed in 1897, in which a woman of the world undresses, gets into a bathtub, and lets herself be covered in water, which interestingly is depicted using black sand. And despite the pretty harmless contents, there was already quite a bit of criticism whether the contents should be viewed as obscene. And in fact, in many countries, censors were put in place and even certain movies banned. And even worse than undressing, kissing was even less accepted. Like the only 47 second long movie, The May Irwin Kiss, 1896, or The Kiss in the Tunnel from the year 1900, where a couple kiss each other in a train as it goes through a tunnel. In the German-speaking area, especially sexual comedies, if one can call them that, were popular, like in Austria, like in the Austro-Hungarian film Endlich Allein, Finally Alone, where a newlywed groom tries, <laughs> tries to get a glimpse of the body of his wife while she's in the restroom. The media described the movie as so funny that even the grumpiest man would not be able to help, help himself and laugh. I'd say German-speaking comedy really hasn't had much room to move up from there. But especially France would take the role and become a big producer of erotic short films. But the producers' unions of the time were increasingly able to drive back the tide of erotic films. And in fact, only a very few of these films from this time survive. It would still take a couple years until pornos became the thing that we today under understand them to be. Which modern porn carries the title of first real porn is actually hotly debated. One contestant is the 1908 French film To the Golden Echo or The Good Lodgings, something like uh, that's translated from French to German to English, but something like that, where a uh, war-weary and hungry musketeer goes to the hostel, musketeer walks into a bar, no, but there's nothing left to eat, but the young innkeeper's daughter can still his sexual appetite, at least. But the first porno movie could also be the German movie Am Abend in the Evening, dated at shot in 1910. The silent movie shows 10 minutes of a man peeping through a keyhole watching a woman masturbate, then walks into the room and has sexual intercourse in various positions. That sounds, yeah, I guess we're getting close. A little more content, or plot perhaps, has the just, just as old a movie 
the Argentinian movie El Satario. Three women are bathing in a, in a river and are having fun with each other and throw each other. Then the devil comes, or maybe a satyr, like he's a half-goat human. But he comes by and the situation escalates a little. Also, the 1915-produced oldest American porno movie, A Free Ride, also known as A Grass Sandwich, has many twists and turns in its nine minutes. It starts with the fantastic sentence, In the wide open spaces where men are men and girls will be girls, the hills are full of romance and adventure. The plot is quickly explained. A car driver in a 1912 Haynes 5060 model wide touring car picks up two hitchhikers. In a uh, bathroom break, first she watches him, and then he watches her secretly. Uh, some, al some alcohol comes into the mix, one thing leads to another, and then there's all three of them in the tall grass. The uh, unnamed actor, in his eagerness, more than once almost loses his false mustache. When the work is done, they all march back to the car and drive off into the sunset. Whoever wants to get an impression of these cinematic early works between 1910 and 1930, we recommend the anthology of Polisson and Galipet that Michel Raillac, the vice president of Arte France, put together in 2002. This documentary even kind of made a splash at Cannes and, and was regularly shown in French cinemas but it's harder to find in Germany, maybe here too. But these early movies, in comparison to today's film, were kind of more creative and, uh, and refreshing, and sometimes even funny. Whatever one liked was allowed. Taboos could still be broken, and they were broken without much of an afterthought. And already back then, pornos were really men's domain. One showed them in so-called gentlemen's evenings, Herrenabend, in movie theaters, for men, or even straight up in bordellos, where in parts of the English-speaking world, they got the name stag films. After the roaring 20s where, where everything goes, the movies were kind of reeled in and got more controlled and finally were completely forbidden in, in certain places shoved into illegality, and therefore often now under the domain of organized crime, especially in the States, where it was financed by the mob, now pornographic movies were made in the underground. In the post-war years, the situation didn't improve much. On the one hand, because of the now easily affordable Super 8 film, many amateurs got into the business, even in former East Germany, for instance, where these videos kind of made their ways in people's homes tucked under a sleeve, so to speak. In Europe, the pornographically received scenes like the Bergmann movie Das Schweigen or Wilgot Siermann's 491, made in 1965, regularly caused for uproar. Finally, in Germany in December 1963, there was a voluntary self-control of the movie industry, the FSK. Where they put an age limit so only 18-year-olds or a higher could watch a movie. In Sweden, they had similar fights around sex and masturbation scenes. But the Swedes, of course, took the other side, saying because of its artistic value, it remained publicly viewable. And at first, the movie critics themselves praised these works. But they started to get legal troubles. There was 108 separate accounts filed against them, even though they weren't criminally pursued, really. But a movie that caused trouble was a movie that had two sisters, Anna and Esther. And especially in church circles, three scenes really bothered people. Two sex scenes 
and one of masturbation. And then also Sirman's 491, a supposedly even more drastic movie that was supposed to be released in theaters, but there was demonstrations against this. And 491 did eventually end up in movie theaters, but heavily edited. So much so that hardly any of the movie remained. And still the critics didn't let up. A German politician, Adolf Zusterhennen, in 1965 brought legislation to change Article 5, Paragraph 3 of the Constitution or Basic Rights. The freedom of art does not excuse the disrespect of traditional cultural values. In the end, freedom of expression won out and the law was not changed, partially because it was hard to enforce this, really, even to where representatives from the church and politicians stepped back and stopped defending it and in 1966 was shot down or a different censor was, was brought up, but 11 million people had seen Das Schweigen, and supposedly not according to its artistic contents, but especially because of those immoral three scenes. And finally, the censors got their way after the U.S. movie Deep Throat made its way to German movie theaters in 1972. This movie really brought pornographic movies from unknown circles into the mainstream, and that movie was, well, first of all, banned from about half of the U.S. states. But this brought a bunch of copycat type of movies like the 1973 The Devil and Miss Jones, where one would have to say that even this explicit content could have artistic value. And today, after the VHS and DVD ages, the pornographic industry is still just as profitable or more than ever, where every pimpled teenager with just a couple mouse clicks can purview all sorts of hardcore movie clips of all different genres for free from the internet, and the censors can't really do anything anymore. The artistic value in these sorts of movies is completely gone, produced at the lowest possible cost and without any sort of respect for the actors and actresses in the film. Feminists often point out the bad treatment of women or the disrespecting of women or even the glorification of violence. But the former porno star and sex worker Annie Sprinkle says the answer of too much bad pornography can't be to forbid pornography. On the contrary, one needs to produce better and more diverse pornography. And in that regard, I guess the downfall of the loveless and commercial pornography is also a chance for something better, a true art of pornographic film to exist, in which women and even men are not just degraded to some machine-like object, but still leave some room for fantasy and diversity in every sense, and all genders have something to offer. And of course, we do see some diversity of light, especially when women take over as directors on the other side of bad trash films like Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, anyways, we are, we're an Agora Podcast Network member. We do a podcast where we actually interview uh, the podcasters and figure out why we got into history podcasting. But also, there's always awesome historical facts there somewhere hidden away. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun uh, show to get to know some of the podcasters behind other history podcasts. It's cool. Um, yeah, so Agora Podcast Network, and you can find the, the feed on Acast or go to agorapodcastnetwork.com. Browse through all the shows there. Go check out the Secret Cabinet t-shirt. 
which you can find a link to on podcastnick.com. That's podcast N-I-K. It's really cool. It's about Emperor Norton. We found an awesome graphic designer, so there's more to come, so keep an eye on that anyways. Uh, but I, I think you'll like the ones that are there. Like, I, I love them. I mostly got them for myself. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So podcastnick.com. For Deb Budla, the creator of the show, I'm the translator Travis Dow, and thanks a lot for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.